Yo, 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 it's your girl and boy CT. I'm Cindy Barnes. And I'm Travis Barnes. And we are the founders of the Overcomers Podcast. The Overcomers Podcast is designed to help you overcome adversity and live your dreams. Every week, we will be sharing stories of people who found their strength in their struggle. The Overcomers Podcast is sponsored by Journey 333. And that's a lot of threes, so let me tell you what it is. It's fitness, coaching, and nutrition. It is a place where we help you to look better, live better, and feel better, and it is mind, body, spirit. Today, we're going to help you get your mind right with our special guest. Hello, Overcomer Nation. I am super excited to be here today with Andrea Sutton. She is a counselor at the Abuse and Rape Crisis Center. What we have decided to do our journey recently, which you know that this podcast is sponsored by Journey 333, is we wanted to host a fit-a-thon, and this fit-a-thon is going to help raise funds to support a uh, charity that Andrew is very familiar with, that is Transitions. It helps people with certain traumas as they transition through them. And today we are going to talk with Andrew about the good work that she does at the Abuse and Rape Crisis Center as to how they help people to overcome and also how Transitions helps people to overcome. And we're even going to dig into a little bit about how exercise can play a role in uh, helping with that trauma after things are done. So, Andrew, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's wonderful that you guys want to help and reach out and educate. It's wonderful. Yeah, well, thank you. Thank you. We're super excited that uh, we can have this as our cause. I will admit that uh, it was our office manager and her husband that took us to the Sound of Freedom movie. And it was uh, it was very provoking. It was very yeah. provoking. Absolutely. Uh, tough movie to watch tough to even think about things like that going on in our world but then you leave that movie theater i think if you're human you leave that movie theater saying well what can i do to stop some of these things from happening in our world and and so then the idea for fitathon was born to raise awareness one tagline that we've been playing around with was to empower educate and eradicate right you know what can we do to just bring more awareness so uh, can we talk about some of the different things that you deal with at the Abuse and Rape Crisis Center, like your, you know, the main things that you encounter? Certainly. What we do here at the Abuse and Rape Crisis Center is we deal with victims of domestic violence and sexual assault. And a lot of times those two things happen together within a relationship. And so some people will come in and they'll start talking about domestic violence. And next thing you know, we're talking about sexual abuse within relationships and things of that nature. We provide emergency housing for people. It has to be there in um, immediate physical danger. We provide advocacy for legal proceedings, whether it be um, pressing legal charges, whether it be protection from abuse orders. We can go with people for custody issues. We uh, can basically step in and advocate with people through any form of the legal system, whether it be criminal or civil if it has to deal with domestic violence and sexual assault. We provide counseling and our counseling once again is free. And the other thing that we have found over the years is it has to be wanted by the recipient. People can't be forced into this kind of counseling and receive anything out of it. I'm sure you guys see that in the gym. Somebody who's forced to come to the gym, <laughs> the results they get out is very different than somebody who wants to be in the gym, right? Yeah. And so, yeah. uh, Yes, our services definitely have to be wanted by the recipient. And so they can't be mandated, court ordered, or any of those kind of things into our services. We provide services for men, women, and children across all ages. And it doesn't have to have 
been an immediate incident. I uh, have worked here for over 25 years and majority of my clients are people who are older and had issues of sexual violence in their childhood. And so it doesn't have to have been just a minute ago. It can be years ago and people finally decide that they want to reach out and talk to somebody. They've changed a lot of the laws now where people have a lot longer to go after somebody criminally and civilly for abuses and assaults. And so people will come in and want to talk about those kind of things as well. We are very lucky that all the school districts in Bradford County allow our educators to go in and talk to kids uh, from very early on about a lot of the things that have to do with your motto, about trusting their gut, being aware, um, having the ability to step up. And, and one of the things we're fighting with uh, a lot of people is giving them the courage to trust their gut. Because I always tell people, it is better to be rude than dead. Right? It's better to be rude than kidnapped. It's better to be right. And because we teach kids and uh, people in our society to kind of be polite and play nice and things like that. But if your gut is telling you this is not a good situation, listen to that. And if it puts you in a position where you are a little rude, that's okay. Life continues. You're okay. And it's also hard a little bit with the social media that's out there. Because uh, everybody's after the likes. And so it's very hard sometimes for people to step up and go, I'm going to make this person angry <laughs> and be okay with it. And so teaching kids how to be also good bystanders. If you see somebody who is being bullied, being taken advantage of, how to step in and help in a way that keeps everybody safe. And so uh, we've been doing that for many, many years. A lot of the young people growing up in uh, Bradford County have definitely had education classes through the BCRI crisis. And so we uh, have been very fortunate and lucky to sometimes have some help with uh, being able to assist people with housing. We've very recently uh, been very lucky to get some money to do some trauma therapy work with some of our clientele. And so that's pretty much what we do in a nutshell. Well, one, I want to uh, highlight a couple of things like the free counseling. Uh, let me just ask you a question. When people hear that it's free, so th somebody might not even need a, an insurance card or anything. They're just... Uh, not at all. And even if they have the best insurance in the world that covers everything, we're still not going to take that insurance. It doesn't matter people's income either. Wow. Mm -hmm. and, and the time frame, I, I, I love to... What, what you just said, because it's interesting, you know, we might stuff something that happened to us many years ago, and then there could be a triggering event to where, uh, you know, it's starting to create anxieties or different things in our life that we realize that we need to talk to someone about. But I think many people would say, oh, it's been too long. I, I can't talk to anybody. Or if I do go talk to somebody, what's that going to cost me? So it's free and it doesn't matter if it's been, you know, years since the event. Actually, years ago, we got a letter and there was no return address and it pains me to this day that there was no return address. We got a letter from a lovely woman who said she was in her eighties and she had been abused as a child, but didn't know there was anywhere to go. And she had recently learned about our agency and she was so glad that we were there and so glad that we would take people who've been 
you know, abused in their past. Uh, but she had said, but it was too late for her because she was in her 80s. And I was just so heartbroken because I'm like, I want to find a return address and I want to reach out to her and go, it's never too late. Never, never, never too late to talk about it. And the other side of that is they're starting to do a lot more research about how when people hold on to traumas and they sit on them for a long time, they create a lot of issues for people, physical issues, anxieties, depression, stomach issues. It can be all of these things, you know, we a lot of times think of post-traumatic stress disorder and things like that. Absolutely. But it can also be all the way down to um, ulcers and gut issues mm. from living with traumas and things like that. They've also have realized that there's a really strong connection between people having traumas in their life and drug and alcohol abuse and things of those nature. They're not always correlated. There are some people out there who get into all of those things and don't have a trauma. But what they're starting to realize is if we can reach people earlier in their trauma history, it's their road to recovery or their road to handling this gets a lot shorter, number one, because if the first person you tell believes you and believes what happened to you, you then feel much more confident to start talking and telling and, and having your story be heard. And if you have people tell you that, nope, we don't believe you, or that's just what happens here, don't talk about it, you're going to shut that up and you're going to hold on to it. And it just continues to build and build and build and people. And so the sooner we can get people out there to find a good source to talk to, find somebody to go to, um, the quicker they can learn how to deal and process with what's happening in their life. Because a lot of people want to make it go away. <laughs> and you can't make it go away. It's, a, it's something that has happened in your life and you have to learn how to cope with it and deal with it. And the biggest thing that if anybody out there is watching, I want them to know that if you've ever been a victim of sexual assault, it is not your fault. I don't care what you were wearing. I don't care what you were doing. Nobody has the right to touch you or do anything to you that you do not want to have happen. And that can be a mixed message out there, but it, it doesn't matter. It absolutely does not matter. And that's one of the biggest parts of my job. I tell people I deal with the yes buts. I get a lot of yes buts. It's my fault, but no, it's not. It's just what, you know. Um, and so just so people can understand that it's not their fault. That is so good. That's so good because I think that we're covering a few different reasons. We're overcoming a few reasons that people may resist counseling. They might say, it's been too long. They might say, I don't have the money. They might say, it's my fault. And, you know, uh, this is another important thing that you just mentioned. Right now, you might think, well, I had this trauma, but I'm dealing with it, right? And you may be that person that has ulcers, or you may that be that person where it's manifesting uh in addiction and what if what if you got counseling and you were able to uh resolve those issues or or at least cope much better because of the counseling that you had i mean that would be the addiction may go away or you know you may not be looking for that outlet anymore or the ulcers may go away uh that's just some really great things that you shared you mentioned that you are now getting funding for trauma therapy um what's between one type of therapy and another. I'm kind of curious about that. Okay. Uh, what we do, 
myself as an advocate and the rest of our advocates here at the Abuse Rape Crisis Center, we do what they call peer advocacy. We're meeting the person where they're at and trying to figure out the best avenue for them to go. Where trauma therapy is, they are specifically targeting the traumas that have happened in their lives and through different kinds of, they call them modalities, for them to work through them in a way that doesn't continue to trigger them, that they can continue to function if they have something that does trigger them. And that requires a different um, set of skills <laughs> than the peer advocacy. And our trauma therapist goes, they honestly, their main focus is the traumas that have brought them in. And they specifically deal with that. Whereas a peer advocate, we're going to talk about how it may be difficult to get through the day and get to the grocery store. And how can we best do that? And what can we use to to get through those kind of things. We're going to talk about the practicalities of going about getting protection from abuse order. We're going to talk about and also give them a foundational education of what domestic violence is and what sexual assault is. Because at the base of both of those issues, it's about power and control. One person is, I should have warned you, I'm not always politically correct, so bear with me. <laughs> right. All right. <laughs> um, the person who is doing the power control is getting off on the idea of having power and control over the other person. That's what it is. And they are finding their enjoyment, their joy off of belittling, hurting, or forcing someone else to do something that they don't know what, that they don't want to do and that they're going to get away with it. That's that power piece. And it's the same for domestic violence and sexual assault. You know, I, I also, so that's where we go. Okay. That, that, um, you mentioned peer advocate, and I was just curious for our listeners and for my own sake, is a peer advocate the same as a counselor or are there like counselor, trauma therapist, a peer advocate might be a different level of education and, you know, training? Um, we call it peer peer counseling is the service that we de we provide, but ours is a little different because we have to go through a very intensive uh, specific training for domestic violence and sexual assault. And so the state looks at us as experts in that area. And so it's, it's uh, a little bit def different than what you may hear other people saying they have peer support for. Ours is specifically and um, very much in depth about domestic violence and sexual assault. So that's the difference there with us. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, these, this is amazing information just for people to realize what's out there. And, you know, I just want to speak to our listeners. You may be listening from the perspective of somebody that needs this help, or you may be listening from the perspective of somebody who knows somebody that needs this help. And so I want to encourage you to please share this episode today uh, wherever you can so that more people realize what's available. I'd like to talk about your partnership with Transitions. How is Transitions different from what you do and um, you know, just what can you tell us about them? Transitions is a program very similar to ours, but they're um, in Lewisburg, so they're just in a bigger area, and they just have more more. Uh, what do I want to say? Services available to people. It's you, you know, they just have more housing, more transportation, a lot of that there, and they started to realize a few years ago that. Uh, with sex trafficking, 
those individuals need a different level of support and care once they are removed from that situation. And they can provide that much better in that area. Um, Because as you know, up here, we have limited transportation, we have limited housing. And unless you really have some form of support system here, it's kind of hard to make it here on your own when you're starting from zero. And so um, we partner with places like Transitions. If we have somebody that's come in that has a sex trafficking history to connect them with them because um, sex traffickers can be very, what's the word always? They can be very aggressive and adamant that they want their possession back. Okay. This isn't, they are not looking at the people that they're trafficking as humans. They're looking at them as possessions who earned them money. Okay. Because you can sell drugs once, you can sell a human eight, 10 times a day. And when that human is no longer at your use, they're losing income and they don't like that. <laughs> the other part is if somebody has exited the sex trafficking industry in that way, once again, I'm not always politically correct. That person is already trained. They know the game. I want that person back versus having to get somebody else and start from scratch. Right. Right. And so a lot of times, like I'm sure you saw in some other things, sex traffickers will tattoo victims, they'll brand victims because they look at them like property, not as humans. They become their property that get them what they want. And a lot of times sex traffickers are looking for victims that already have a troubled start. They're looking for somebody who has or comes from a disconnected, troubled family. They're looking for somebody who maybe has already run away because they're already going, okay, if a kid runs away, there's some stuff there. Whether it's their own mental health issues, whether there's trouble at home, maybe there's already been some abuse happening in that child's life, which already sets them and sets that in motion that this child or this person is going to be easier to manipulate and use in that way. And most sex traffickers, the way they go about getting their victims, like I know in the movie there's kidnapping and all that other kind of stuff, but for majority of sex trafficking, it's happening in our neighborhoods and it's happening in our towns where um, people will sell their children for drugs, for money, for cigarettes, alcohol, um, and it's been happening for a long time. I have been in doing this for quite a while. And I have had people come in to me who are adults in their 50s who say they were sex trafficked in bar parking lots by their parents back when they were kids. Um, and so we think about, like in this movie, it's these big things where they're kidnapping kids and sending them overseas. Absolutely, that does happen. But it's happening on a day-to-day -day scale in every neighborhood everywhere where kids are being basically slaves to adults to get what they want. I'm going to use this human to get what I want. Yeah. And when that happens, it does a lot of psychological damage and issues and people want very much ownership of that person. And Transitions has the ability to house them longer, has the ability to um, provide them some anonymity and protection 
that we don't necessarily have the ability to do here. And so um, they also can work with them and um, get them. A lot of times when people are sex trafficked, they have not had good physical care. So they need medical care. They need dental care. They need all of those kind of things just to take care of their person. And they have a really good setup to do all of that stuff there as well. Well, that is very enlightening what you shared. I I think that people such as myself that go and watch a movie like Sound of Freedom uh, might look at this as like, okay, so this happened in a big city and it happened to an immigrant and it was about other uh, immigrant children, you know, being trafficked, which I did point out at the end of the movie that one of the biggest customers is the United States for these children. And I'm surprised to learn that. That being said, you might be from a rural community. We have people from around the world and around the country listen to this podcast, but you might be from a rural community like we are, and you might say, well, that doesn't affect us. However, Andrew, you just shared, you know, of a mm-hmm. local kind of sex trafficking where, you know, the addicted parent is uh, swapping their children for the the drugs or the whatever they need. Uh, so that's one form. And then... Uh, then even the the cities uh, are sometimes using these rural towns, right? Is is routes or, or what can you say about that? Absolutely. Um, having worked with transition, they come in and have done trainings, and they talk about how, um, believe it or not, they will use like to they'll come through Harrisburg, they'll come through Philadelphia, and then they will transport kids up eleven and fifteen. They'll hit two twenty, and we have a great meeting point to 86, which then gets you to New York City and gets you to all those other places. And they specifically mentioned the old Kmart parking lot, that they would beat up and use that as a place to transition people and swap vehicles and move them on to the next location. And so in that realm, the piece of where kids are kidnapped and transported, it is actually touching our area in that way as well. And they will use, they tend to use like those big white panel vans with no windows on the sides. They tend to use those. That's their kind of mode of transportation or like the small box trucks is what they tend to transport people through our area with. Amazing to think about, you know, because when you're in a, a rural community, you might feel safe and you, it gives you this feeling like you know every car and you know everybody, even you know, <laughs> you, you know, very small. <laughs> and, right. and to think about what could be happening within your community. And that everyone is impacted by it uh, because it could just be a local type of sex trafficking that we're talking about. Uh, So uh, that's super important. You know, off the show, before we started today, we talked a little bit about the fact that trauma can be helped with exercise since we have a lot of fitness. Absolutely. Yeah. Could you share a little bit about (laughs) that? What they're doing is they're starting to realize that uh, when you work out, And when you exert effort, it releases the same kind of chemicals in your brain that a lot of antidepressants do and a lot of those things. And people can find that actually getting up and physically working out, physically moving their body will actually help them reduce anxiety, can help reduce depression, can also help with, um, and I'm getting a little off topic, they can also help people who have like ADHD and ADD as well kind of allow them to focus and give them an avenue to do that as well. And what they're finding is that it doesn't, it can be the super physical stuff, but it can also be walking. It can, doesn't always have to be 
you know, they go to the gym, I lift things up, you know, put them down kind of activity. <laughs> <laughs> that can be intimidating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Once again, I'm not politically correct. I apologize. Um, <laughs> um, but doing that releases a lot of those same chemicals that people get when they're taking prescription medications. And it can be something that works really well with people to help them reduce anxiety, reduce depression. It can increase their focus. And the other thing that it can help people do when people are abused sexually, it can make a very big disconnect from their brain and their body. They, you know, they disassociate, they kind of check out. And by physical activity and doing those kind of things, it almost forces them to reconnect those two things. That is very interesting. That is interesting. It makes me feel good to know that we could be a resource uh, for a therapeutic resource for people that are struggling with those various issues. And that it can help them to uh, to get through and overcome that type of situation. And it's the same thing like when people find themselves, I always tell people like, even with anger sometimes, it doesn't necessarily mean you're a destructive person. Everybody gets anger, angry. Um, we call ang anger a secondary emotion. Okay. You, you feel some kind of hurt, some kind of injustice, some kind of something that then makes you angry. Right? And if people can find a healthy way to move through anger, they then tend not to explode on people they love. They tend not to do other things. And believe it or not, physical activity, like working out and doing those things can help people cope through that anger because they have a place to put it. They have a place to focus it. And so um, a lot of people who've been victimized don't want to be angry because they don't want to be like the people who hurt them. And so any kind of anger then becomes difficult to kind of process through. And so things like working out and doing that kind of stuff, you kind of got to get a little pumped up and aggressive and it gives them an avenue to place it. And so there's a lot of places where being physically active really connects well with emotions and allows people to process through things. Wow. Wow. That is great information, you know, because we decided we do this fit because we wanted to raise funds and we wanted to contribute to anyone that is helping with such an important thing. Uh, such as abuse and rape and sex trafficking and all those areas where it, it just shouldn't be. It just shouldn't be. So it's mm -hmm. power, it's educate, it's eradicate. That's what we're talking about today. Absolutely. And uh, it makes me feel even better that we're doing a fit-a-thon when fitness can be so healthy. Mm -hmm. uh, that's, a, that's a great message. Uh, the, the other thing that I wanted to ask you about when it comes to uh, people as far as that you're serving at the abuse and rape crisis center is what can, if you, if I'm listening to this episode today, what can I do to help support the work that you're doing and whether what's the best. And the way people can support is different because everybody's comfort level of what they feel they can or can't do um, needs to be taken into account. Cause a lot of people ask me, Oh my gosh, how do you do what you do? And in my mind, I go, I can't imagine, I can't imagine not doing this work. It just, it, it fits with who I am. But other people are going, I can't sit and talk with people about this. And I went, you don't have to. You can do things like buy phone cards, an extra phone card for, you know, straight talk or track phone and donate that. Because when people come in, they need new cell phones, they need, you know, a new plan. 
because a lot of times, what's one of the biggest way we trap people? Cell phones. Like people say, oh, they're going to put a microchip in people. Yeah, they're going to put a microchip in people. We all have the cell phones. We're carrying it with us, right? Right. <laughs> and so they need to like switch those things out because a lot of times, you know, they and things that start off with good purposes can be used by power control people in ways that I never would have imagined. Like we have people who their abusers make them have live 360 on their phone so they can tell where they are at all times. And if you shut it off, you're in trouble because then you were doing something you shouldn't have been doing, right? But meanwhile, I'm a mom of teenage kids. I want it so my, I know my kids aren't dead in a ditch, right? That's what it was originally made for. But people with power control intentions take those things and use them in different ways. So it can be um, donating cell phones, donating cell phone cards. Uh, we uh, A lot of times when people come in, we'll need to get groceries. So it could be a grocery store card or even a dollar general because like you don't really you know walmart's great but not everybody can get to walmart well there's a dollar general in every cornfield so yeah, you can get your socks and underwear and a t-shirt <laughs> yeah we need to we need to do an episode with the dollar general people someday to figure out how they can choose their locations and be successful because they pop up in the middle of nowhere don't you? yeah <laughs> and i know that's kind of nationwide so if you know you, if you are giving a gift card to a Dollar General, that enables a place to be able to once again get the socks, get the underwear, get a T-shirt. But also, if somebody's starting a new residence, they need things like a trash can, they need a mop, they need the toilet bowl scrubber. Like those are all the things we don't think about, but add up in a hurry when somebody is starting over. So if you're somebody who has the want to help but goes, oh, I don't necessarily know if I can talk to people. Okay, you can do those kind of things. If you're somebody who's like, nope, I want to get out there and champion the cause, people can come and it's funny because we very much want to help and serve the community, but most of the uh, employees here do not love being on camera, don't love being the face of it. We're more of the behind-the-scenes people. And so if somebody wants to come and be the face and do all the things, we'll coach you and get you ready and let you do that. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Right, media relations person, right? Media relations. Yeah, if you want to donate your time and you love being on camera, you're the thing. How about it? Right. We also uh, have need sometimes for transportation issues to get people to court to get people to the next destination. So people go, you know what? I can drive and I have time. They could come and volunteer some time just to help transport people. We have had some lovely people over the years our our address is confidential but they have come and helped plant flowers and clean up our landscaping and things like that because we don't have the money to do that so we try to do it in our spare time <laughs> and so no, no, no. people that just come and help which we don't <laughs> so we have people who go oh i can come do i'll plant your flowers I'll do, and they seem like small things but so many times people will walk in our building and they'll feel more comfortable being here because it feels uh, like a home. It feels like it doesn't feel institutional, which so many people don't want to be in the system. They want help, but they don't want to feel like they're in the system. And so those kind of things actually go a long way to help our clients feel comfortable coming in and receiving services. So we also... People can volunteer and sit at um, 
health fairs and things like that to hand out flyers and do all that kind of stuff. Because as we all know, finding um, people to do those things sometimes can be rough. And we also have people who go, nope, I really want to get involved and I want to do this. And you can volunteer and actually come in and go through our training and be a hotline volunteer where you can answer uh, and deal with clients on a one-on-one basis if that's something that you would like to do. Because we have we are on call from 5 o'clock at night till 9 o'clock the next morning and weekends. And some people volunteer and go through our training and then they can take some of those calls for us and help out that way. We've actually had people go through our training and come in and actually work one-on-one with clients when we've needed help uh, because we're either uh, limited in staff or we're uh, lucky enough every year they take us on a staff retreat. And so the day of our staff retreat, sometimes things are happening and people will be able to go ahead and fill in those places as well. So if people have the heart to give and want, we usually can find a place to plug them in. And it doesn't necessarily have to be the picking up the call and calling direct, talking directly to the person. It can be a myriad of other things. Really good. Really good. Because if you're listening to this episode today and you're inspired and you're like, wow, I I just didn't realize that there were so many ways that I could help. Uh, Certainly, you know, if you're in the local area, we're going to have a -a fit-a-thon on September 23rd at Journey Fitness there. And it's to raise money to support these causes. But it's amazing to know all the different ways you could help because how can one of those ways not fit somebody um right and if somebody is not from bradford county and wants to give to their local agency there you can google on the net there's a national domestic violence hotline and national sexual assault hotline that will tell you what's in your area and i'm telling you any of those places will take any of the things (laughs) that i just spoke of as well you know it was really interesting to hear you say about the training that's offered to help people, whether they hotline or even go so far as to work with somebody one-on-one. I know you can't name any names, but have you seen someone that once needed help themselves? I I think of Ed Milet. He says, you're most qualified to help the person you used to be. That was my Ed Milet voice impression. And, uh, (laughs) but uh, have you seen people that have come in and uh, a bit broken themselves and have gone through their own counseling to later help others uh, get through what they've gone through? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the majority of people that come through here and receive counseling or receive help and are open and receptive to it, a lot of times they do. They're, they really want to give back because they understand how difficult and hard it is for people to start that journey of talking about the traumas in their life because you just never know what that response is going to be. I always praise people for coming in and talking to us because once those words come out of your mouth, there's no taking them back. And it takes a lot of guts to get those words out of your mouth to say the traumas that have happened in life. And especially if you held on to the idea for years that they somehow were your fault and if you take nothing else from the lady in the round head just know that it wasn't your fault i i i will i will battle that to the day i die like i will just i will go down on that hill (laughs) and i have (laughs) that's a great message as we mentioned the different ways that people can help i noticed by looking on the transitions website that they actually have a wish list on there so I was going to 
encourage our Fitathon participants to not only donate and participate and do all that they can do, but uh, we could post that wish list. Is there a wish list well for the Abuse and Rape Crisis Center? Yes, there is. I know you can find it on Facebook. We have a Facebook page on ARCC and you can find our wish list there as well. Awesome. Is there anything, well, Cindy, is there anything that you feel that I haven't covered that you'd like to ask Andrea about or? No, it's just, uh, there, I've, I've learned a lot with uh, doing this interview with you. Um, yeah, I, I, I certainly never gave it a thought um, to parents and their own children. Um, that's for sure. So that's, that was eye-opening for me. Um, the other thing I guess I was sitting here thinking about was um, some of these kids that um, have grown up for years and been abused, when they get saved, all they've known is abuse. And I would imagine that sometimes they just want to go back uh, and probably a lot of times. And in this, it's just so foreign, right? And this, and, and even though that was a scary situation, and they were in that, sometimes I'm sure they have to whatever walls they put up or whatever they do to protect themselves, then it just becomes part of of their life and who they are. And so to be dragged out of that, even though you're saving them and trying to protect them, I can imagine the trauma yet again that they're going through. And all they want to do is just go back to what they know, even though it's horrible. The unknown is always scary, regardless of how good that unknown is. Anytime we're going into something unknown, there's usually always hesitation, trepidation, and all that other kind of stuff. The other side of that, too, is exactly what you were saying. When these children come out of it, all they've ever heard their whole life is, this is what you are good for and used for, and no one will want you for anything else. And some strange person going, oh no, they're like, why would I believe you, right? And so a lot of times, one of the biggest things that we're doing with victims is gaining that trust back that the world can and is different than what you know. And it takes a long time and you get a lot of pushback and you get a lot of yes buts and you get a lot of that kind of stuff. And it's not a quick and easy process and, and it takes time. It takes patience. It takes a lot of things that um, sometimes can almost seem frustrating because you would think, oh, you take this person and you take them out of this terrible situation and you plop them in all this goodness and they're just going to flourish. And honestly, they just don't know what to do. It's like somebody, you know, the old saying, if, if a dog's been caged long enough, you can open the cage door and they won't leave. Right. You know, because it's just what they've known. Wow. Uh -huh. So, Andrew, with regards to transitions or uh, the abuse and rape crisis center or uh, perhaps uh, any listeners that are out there today that uh, you feel that there's anything that we haven't covered is there any anything else that you'd like to share today what i'd like to share is that all of our services are free and confidential in any of these places if you have questions because i know you said you've got listeners from all over if you google your local centers and you have questions, you can call and ask those questions anonymously. And you will get somebody who will give you the best answer that they can and help direct you in the place that you um, need to be given. What I will say is any center is generally a child abuse mandated reporting agency. And they will have to make a child abuse report 
generally everybody tells you that up front. But if it's anonymous call, it's hard to do that. But just so people are aware, you can call and ask questions. You can call and talk to somebody and not necessarily have to give all of the details and all of the information. And um, most centers are very okay with starting off, just kind of talking to people going, this is who we are. This is what we do. This is what we can offer. And just reach out. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for helping us to empower people, uh, educate people today, and also give so many different ways that people can help. Because if you're moved by this like we are, uh, you just gave us so many different things that we can do. We can look at the wish list, whether it be for transitions yourself or your local area. Uh, you could participate in our fitathon. Uh, there were so many different ways you mentioned to volunteer. I had no idea about even thinking, well, I could give someone a ride or, you know, I could go plant some flowers or whatever the case might be. So there's just something for everybody. And uh, thank you so much for the work that you do every day. Well, thank you for having us. And thank you for thinking about us and wanting to reach out and help. It's wonderful. And things like this really do go a long way. It's one of those things that you... I've always said this, and probably what keeps me in this kind of work is you never know what this kind of communication and what this kind of education will do and who it reaches and who it may help. And so anytime that people are willing to talk about it, anytime that people are willing to put that information out there, we're helping somebody. And even if that person who's watching today doesn't take it, they may hand it to the next person. They're going to pass that seed to somebody else. And so that's Honestly, one of the biggest, best things we can do is let people know that there are people who support them and they're willing to stand up for them and it will affect somebody in a great way. It always does. Yeah, definitely. Share this episode if you know that there's someone that in your life or someone that you care about that needs it or or be that person. Be that person that realizes that you don't have to stuff it anymore, uh, that there is free help available. Uh, let this episode change your life uh, and then we will have done our our duty for today and, and spend our time wisely. So thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If anybody ever has any questions, just give us a call or look us up on the internet. They can email us too. Oh, what's that, uh, what's that internet address and uh, email? Um, it's arccbc.org. Awesome. Thanks for listening, Overcomer Nation. Make sure if you haven't already, give us a five-star rating. Make sure that you share this and subscribe so you can see all of our future content. That's right. And if you'd like to be a guest on a future show, go to overcomers-podcast.com. If you're interested in our franchise opportunities with Journey 333, then go to www.journeyfitness333.com. And finally, if you like what you heard today and you feel like you're somebody that needs a bit more coaching, go to travisbarnes.com. Yeah, overcome!